This Torah class is brought to you by TorahAnytime.com. Okay, Bruchim and welcome everyone. Uh, we've been doing in the uh, summer a little bit of a, a different uh, subject matter the last couple of weeks. I would call it a series on what is known as the House of Rashi. Uh, you know, summertime we like to speak about uh, various subjects. And this year, the last couple of weeks, we were speaking about Rashi's house. It actually began Pasha's Tazria when we spoke about Rashi's last words. Two weeks ago, we learned about someone who the Yamshel Shloimai quotes from the Rush was the greatest in Chachma and Minyan of all the Rishonim, namely Rabbeinu Tam. Rabbeinu Tam was the wisest, sharpest, and greatest disseminator of Torah of all the Rishonim, the Rush says. Uh, my friend, Rabbi Shlomo Margrefta, referred me to the Ritva, who said nobody's greater in Psak than the Rambam. Well, that's what the Sfardim say. The Ashkenazim say nobody was greater than Rabbeinu Tam and his nephew, the Rihazakin. And they were all members of Rashi's house. And it's really remarkable how Rashi established such a remarkable bias so we, the last two weeks, we spoke about Rabbeinu Tam and the Rashbam, who are grandchildren of Rashi. So let's get, develop the picture of Rashi even more fuller, because Rashi did not have any sons. Rashi had two daughters. Some scholars say he had a third, but it's very questionable whether, in fact, he had a third. And... And this is a common phenomenon in history, that when someone has daughters, he often educates his daughters as if they would be sons. And we find uh, something like this in the house of Rashi, where, you know, 200 years ago, or even 150 years ago, your grandmother, certainly your great-grandmothers, could not read and write. In Europe, women could not read and write until really the 20th century. Um, in the Middle Ages, most men could not read or write. I'm not talking about in the Jewish world. The Jewish world, you know, we always... Ben Chamesh Lamikra. But in the, in the uh, general world, people were illiterate, could not read or write. Almost, uh, almost nobody could read and write. And it, just imagine in the Middle Ages, we're talking about the years... The 11th century, Rashi taught his daughters to read, to write, and they actually transcribed much of Rashi's teachings. So Rashi had two daughters, Miriam and Yecheved. Miriam was the oldest daughter. And as the saying goes, you can't choose your sons, but you could choose your sons-in-law. And someone of Rashi's caliber would probably have a very difficult time finding someone suitable. But Rashi uh, was zoicha to two tremendous sons-in-law. The first one was Rabbeinu Yehuda Barnasan, who was named as the Rivan. And probably you're familiar with the name Rivan, because the Rivan in Mesechta Makos, uh, toward the end of the Mesechta, it says, Rashi Guvcha Tahar, Rashi passed away in the middle of Masechta Makois. And we have commentary at the end of the Masechta 
And that's from Rashi's son-in-law, the Rivan, Rabbeinu Yehuda bar Nasan. The Chida in the Shem Agdolim says, Chas shal Rashi. He completed the end of Masech Damakos. Um, the Shibaya Alakad quotes him very often. Um, and he was Rashi's first son-in-law, the Rivan married to Miriam. Rashi's second daughter, Yochaved, married one of the really great Balei Atosis, Rabbeinu Meir. Rabbeinu Meir is known as Avi Harabanim, the father of the rabbis, because he produced what an array, what a, what a, what progeny he had. The oldest son, the Rashbam, Rabbeinu Shmuel Bar Meir. The second son, the Rivam, Rabbeinu Yitzchak Ben Meir, quoted in Toysus in many places. We mentioned he died young, he left seven orphans. Now I want to tell you something very interesting. The Rivam, the second son of Rabbeinu Meir, was married to, I believe, the daughter of Rabbeinu Shemaya. And this woman had to raise seven orphans. Uh, Rashi writes in Rashi writes something very interesting. Rashi says, you know, it's important to marry the daughter of a Talmud Chacham. So you say, well, why is it so important to marry the daughter of a Talmud Chacham? Like we learned in Perkei Avais, you should always associate with Tamidei Chachamim. But Rashi says, you know why? Because if you marry the daughter of the Talmud Chacham, if, you, if the person dies, your wife will be able to raise your children. Like where did Rashi come up with that reason from? Marry the daughter of a Talmud Chacham because you might die and you need someone to raise your kids. Rashi got it from his own family. Rashi's son-in-law, the, um, Rashi's excuse me, grandson, Rabbeinu Yitzchak ben Meir passed away. And his wife had to raise the children. So Rabbeinu Meir, the son-in-law of Rashi, the father of the G'dayla the Rashbam, the Rabbeinu Tam, the Rivam, they, he actually, Rabbeinu Meir, wrote Toysis on Shas. He wrote a number... He had his own toysvis. What that means is, by the way, all of the Balea toysvis had their own toysvis. And Rabbeinu Meir had his own toysvis. The Sefer Hayashar of Rabbeinu Tam mentions the toysvis of Rabbeinu Meir. And in the Tshuvas of Rabbeinu Tam, brought in the Shubalei Haleket, that Rabbeinu Tam said, I have a tradition from my father, who learned from his Rabbeim, and his Rabbeim are the Goine Loitir, Lutir. You ever hear of the region in France, Lutir? It's interesting. The Jews always changed the names of cities and regions because they did not want to use the secular names. So, for example, we know there's a city in Spain, Toledo, but in Hebrew we don't call it Toledo, we call it Todila. Todila. Why? I mean, <laughs> but that's, that's very common. We, we distort the name. We don't like to use the name that the Gentiles use. So an example is, the sages of Alsace-Lorraine were called Lutir. Okay? These were the two son-in-laws of Rashi, Rabbeinu Yehuda bar Nasan and Rabbeinu Meir. Now I want to introduce you to Rashi's Talmidim, Rashi's students. Rashi had many students. Two of his most renowned students are Rabbeinu Shmaya. Rabbeinu Shmaya 
I believe his daughter married the Rivam, Rashi's grandson. And if you look at Masechta Tamid, Masechta Midas, for those in the Agra, the Pirka Koilal, many years ago, I mean, this must go back eight years ago in the summer, I, w- I taught um, daily the Gemara Shir, we learned Masechta Tamid Amidos, on the side of the page is the Rash, Reish Shin, Rabbi Nushmaya. No Rashi, Rabbi Nushmaya. Very interesting. And then Rashi's other student, I don't say no Rashi, but you have on the side of the Gemara, Rabbi Nushmaya. And uh, Rashi's other well-known student, Rabbi Simcha Bar Shmuel. And Rabbi Simcha Bar Shmuel is the author of a well-known work of the Rishonim known as Machzor Vitri. Machzor Vitri. Not to be confused with your, your Machzor Friyamtif. Machzor Vitri is basically a diary of everything Rashi did around the year. He mentions that you know one time uh, the Seder was so engaging and went so long. He, and I, uh, who could say this other than Rashi's Talmud? He records that they became so involved in the Seder, in Rashi's house, they forgot to eat the Afikoyman. So the Machzor Vitri was composed by Rabbeinu Simcha Bar Shmuel, a student of Rashi. The grandfather, now listen to this, he's the grandfather of the Rihazakein, Bar Shmuel. So he, the Rabbeinu Simcha, the student of Rashi, was the grandfather of Rabbeinu Yitzchak Hazakein. Bar Shmuel, Bala Toysis, Vuhua Yorabai Shrabino Avigdor Hakoyen. So the Machzor Vitri was the grandfather of the Rihazakein. This is, um, let's see. The Rihazakein, his father was Rav Shmuel. Rav Shmuel was the son of the Machzor Vitri. So, so listen to this. You ready for this? Rabbi Nutam, the Rajbam, the Rivam, also Rabbi Nushloimai, they had a sister. That sister married Rabbi Shmuel. He's known as Rabbi Shmuel HaChosid. He was married... He was married to the sister of Rabbeinu Tam. So listen carefully. The Machzor Vitri, his son, Rabbeinu Shmuel, married Rabbeinu Tam's sister. They produced the Rihazakein. And the Rihazakein was after Rabbeinu Tam, the greatest of all the Rishonim. Okay? So the Rihazakein the is Rabbeinu Tam and the Rashbam's nephew. You know, it's like Reb Chaim Knievsky had an uncle, the Chazoinish. When you have an uncle, the Chazoinish, you could be Reb Chaim Knievsky. 
Well, if you have an uncle, Rabbeinu Tam, you could be the Rihazakein. The Rihazakein's father was the son of the Machzor Vitri, and his mother was the sister of Rabbeinu Tam. Um, now, the... Um, Rabbeinu Yitzchak Hazakein Bar Shmuel Bala Toysis Vuyo Rabbi Shabbeinu Avigdor Akoyin Vichibroi Alpirashi Kamashgosa Mordechai. Now, I found in a kuntris a ksavyad of Rav Kalon. He thought that maybe Rabbeinu Simcha was the son-in-law of Rashi. He says the chida. No, of course not. Rabbeinu Shmuel Ben Rabbeinu Simcha married the sister of Rabbeinu Tam, and he gave birth to the Rihazakein, but in no way was Rabbeinu Simcha the son-in-law of Rashi. Rabbeinu Simcha was the... Here, let, let's, let's put it out. You have Rashi. Rashi had two sons-in-law, Rabbeinu Meir and uh, the Rivan. Rabbeinu Meir had Rabbeinu Tam and the Rashbam and the Rivam and they had a sister. She was known, we don't know her name. She married Shmuel. Shmuel was the son of um, the Machsavitri. So the Machsavitri was a Machutan with Rabbeinu Meir. Fine. Machsavitri Nizdar Lefnei Rashi the Machsavitri was, uh, was compiled before Rashi, meaning in the presence of Rashi. It was composed by Rebbeinu Simcha Bar Shmuel. And just to share with you an interesting uh, controversy, the Mishpatzai Zav writes that the Machsavitri was written by Rabinu Shmaya. And the Bach also seems to say that. And maybe what led them to think that is the fact that Toysus and Bracha says in the name of Rabbeinu Shmaya, Libay Raya Esha Erva is mutter, and Toysus brings from the Machser Vitri, who also holds that way. So based on that, they thought that the Machser Vitri was written by Rabbeinu Shmaya. But says the Chida, with all due respect, it's not true. Rabbeinu Simcha is the author of Machser Vitri, like I brought in the Shem Hagdoilim. And uh, Rabbeinu Shmaya is somebody else. Um, here is an example of something brought in Machser Vitri. Is, this comes from the Sefer Toldois Hadoirois. He says, Shemibain Talmidei Rashi, among the students of Rashi, Agdolim, in the times of the Rashbam, of great note was Rabbeinu Simcha of Vitri. Vitri is a city in France that is known for nothing other than the fact that Rashi's student came from there. Um, he wrote a machzer, a tefillah for all the year in Nusach Ashkenaz. He collected all the traditions of Rashi and all the other Gedalei Ashkenaz. His son, Rabbeinu Shmuel, was the brother-in-law of the Rashbam and Rabbeinu Tam and the father of the Riyazakein. In the times of the Riyazakein lived in the times of the Third Crusade. So listen carefully. 1096 was the First Crusade. That's when Rashi lived. 1146 was the second crusade. That's when Rabbeinu Tam lived. 
The Riyazakin lived in the time of the Third Crusade. And the Machsavitri records the following uh, ancient custom that is practiced. The minog is that after davening, you would gather ten people, take a chumash, and they would take the child from his crib in great fanfare and pomp and ceremony. They would put a sefer on him and say, fulfill what it says in this. They would give him a quill so that he should be zoichet to be a writer in Torah. The Machsavitri says when a person brings his child into Talmud Torah, they would write the letters on a board, they would put on him beautiful clothing, they would make three chalois kneaded with honey, with three eggs, and they would bring him apples and sweets, and they would bring him to a sage, and they would give him sweet foods, and from the eggs and the fruits, and they would read the letters to him, and they would cover the letters in honey, and they would say, lick the letters! And when the child would begin to learn, they would begin to teach him Tairas Kayanim. And they would train him to shuckle when he learned. Why? Why would he begin with, with Vayikra? Let the pure children come and engage in subjects of purity. Why would they teach him to shuckle? Because when God gave the Torah to the Jewish people, it says the people saw and they shook. So learning is like Kabbalah Satayra. By the way, it doesn't take Toysus long in Shas to quote the Machzer Vitri. Already on Daf Gimel Amad Aleph, Toysus quotes the Machzer Vitri. That the Machzer Vitri says that the meaning of Yehei Shmei Rabbah is where Mespalel, that Shmei, the Shem Ka. We know that God's name is not Shalem, Kiyad al Ka. And his throne is not complete. So we say, Yehei. Shame, Ka, Rabbah. We're mispalo that his name should be great and full and blessed forever and ever. By the way, the Ariza later said the same pshat. Toysus dismisses this pshat. But the pshat of the Machzer Vitri, Rab Simcha Vitri, is quoted by Toysus. So again, Rabinu Shemaya, the first student of Rashi, his daughter married Rashi's Grandson, the Rivam. Reb Simcha, his son Shmuel, married Rashi's granddaughter and produced Rashi's great-grandson, the Rehazakim. I want to remind you, Rashi had two Rabbeim. One, Rabbeinu Yaakov Bar Yakar, the Rebbe of Rashi, and I believe we discussed him when we discussed Rashi. When he was an old man, he, when he couldn't learn, he would take his beard and sweep the floor of the shul. And then Rabbeinu Eliezer Hagadol, one of the G'doyle Lutir. Lutir, the Chida, in his entry to G'doyle Lutir, he says from the Marshal that the G'doyle Lutir were the Rabbeim of Rashi, including Rabbeinu Eliezer Hagadol, Rabbeinu Shimon Hagadol, Rabbeinu Shloim Habavli. Rabbeinu Gershon Mimitz, and these are all Gedoyle Uma'ire Olam that we may or may not be familiar with, but they all created what is known as the House of Rashi. And I want to tell you two things. This House of Rashi is responsible for the living continuity of the Torah.
you have to understand that what Rashi did for Ashkenazim, nobody did parallel to that. In the Sephardic world, I'll tell you something, uh, you know, in the Sephardic world, Spanish Inquisition in Portugal, when there was threat of convert or death, there was mass widespread conversion. Not hundreds, not thousands, hundreds of thousands of Jews converted in mass in Spain and in Portugal. But in France, when Jews' lives were being threatened, either take either the cross or your life, it was almost unheard of for a Jew to convert for hundreds of years. Why is that? By the Sephardic world, there was mass conversion. Not in the Ashkenazic world. You know who ensured that didn't happen? The house of Rashi. The learning in France, established by the Baleatosis, who analyzed in such a analytical, deep, intense study, the culture of France and Ashkenazic Jewry was dominated by the Baleatosis who, by the way, much of the Toysus was written during the times of the Crusades when they were incarcerated and they were going to be murdered the next day. But this Avas HaToyrah was imbued within Ashkenazim by the Balei HaToysus. And that is why in mass Jews killed themselves, killed their children, mothers killed their babies, mothers killed their daughters, so they would not be kidnapped, abused, taken to monasteries. Yeah, there were lone examples of people who could not withstand the test. But for the overwhelming majority of Ashkenazic Jewry in France, conversion was not opted. Not so in other countries. And this is because of the house of Rashi. Rashi's house produced Baleatosis. We already learned Rashi's Rabbeim, Rashi, Rabbeinu Meir and the Ribar Nosan. Rashi's grandchildren, Rabbeinu Tam, the Rajbam, the Rivam. We're going to learn this coming Wednesday about the Rihazakein, and it continued for many generations. And the other thing you need to know is that if you're Ashkenazi, in all likelihood you come from Rashi. Because there were only about five to 10,000 Ashkenazic Jews then, period. And Rashi had many daughters. And almost everybody came from this house. So, number one, this house is responsible for the dedication the Jewish people have to Torah. And this house is literally responsible for Ashkenazic Jewry today. So, um, Bezrem, we're going to continue on this uh, a couple more times. I find it very uh, amazing and interesting. Look, I learned in Yeshiva many years. I spent many years learning Gemara Rashi Toysvis. But you don't really understand and, rec- and appreciate who these people were till you learn a little bit about their times and who they were and who were their Rabbeim family and, and students. Okay, everyone, thanks for joining today. Bracha v'atzlacha. Okay, yeah, have an easy fast and uh, we'll see you soon. Thank you. Kal tov. Bye-bye.
Bart here. You've just experienced another Torah class brought to you by TorahAnytime.com.